You're listening to To The Spirit Podcast. Hi, friends, and welcome to The Spirit. I'm your host, Beck. And I'm Steph. And today's episode is a fun one. We are talking about our favorite horror films. They are going to be all over the place, I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a special guest today. His name is Ricky. And Ricky's here to add a little bit of joy and levity and probably more random horror films to our list. <laughs> so, welcome, Rick. Welcome, Hi, Rick. Yes. Hi, nice to be here. <laughs> so <laughs> I think if you guys want to grab a pen and paper, you guys can make a nice little list yourself. Let's start with slasher movies. I'm not a big fan of slasher movies, but I have one on my list that I consider to be a slasher movie, and it's called High Tension. Anyone heard of that one? No. No, I don't think I have. I believe it's a French film, but I hope I'm not butchering it. I remember subtitles, (laughs) and definitely it was a slasher, but it was female center-based, so the lead character was actually female that makes her way through the slasherness. Definitely a recommendation if you're into that type of film. That's cool. Um, I think my favorite slasher movie would be Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I avoided that movie my whole life because I just thought it seemed dumb. I don't know. It just seemed like a cheesy movie. And then my brother said, no, it's really good. You have to watch it. And I was actually <laughs> quite impressed with it. It was a lot better than I thought. It's not scary to me. The idea of it is scary when you think about what's happening. But I just like the way that they did the movie, the way they filmed it. That was very entertaining and not bad at all. And not something that I think anyone would be afraid of. Just, I think, more enjoyable to watch. It's classic. Yeah, it's a classic. Almost all my movies that I'm listing are classics. Oh, cause I, that's good. I'm not very into films too much where I know all these obscure ones. So many films out there anyway. You, there's no way you could watch them all. No, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Although, the, they keep coming, the horror movies. <laughs> How about you, Rick? Well, um, the horror movies I tend to have resonate with me aren't ones that necessarily have like a a really scary villain, um, lots of blood and gore, lots of death. Uh, A lot of the stuff that scares me is is more representative of existential types of fears, you know, like Mm -hmm. so. And so I guess if I were to choose a slasher, because I do like some. Texas Chainsaw Massacre was a great example. I, I guess, though, I would have to say the original Halloween. Ooh, good um, yeah. yeah. Because it was made for like $5. You know, Jamie Lee Curtis, <laughs> nobody knew who she was $5. at that point. Relatively unproven actress. Uh, and at a young age, carried a whole movie on her back. And I, that one, to me, if I, if I had to choose, I go back and I watch that regardless of its, you know, its age. Cause unfortunately, let's face it, the effects in horror movies and stuff, unless it's like Tom Savini, they don't tend to age particularly well. Oh, I agree. You know, and not, but if you're a big fan of the movie, you know, that doesn't matter. You know, you'll still go and watch it, but. That it, movie had some real stress in it for me when watching yeah. that. I would be like holding my breath at times. It did. And you were always looking in your back seat after you watched that film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That movie uh made me afraid to go outside at night. Yeah. Just like Jaws made me afraid to go into a pool, you know, a swimming oh, yeah. pool. Swimming pool. Oh, for the, no yeah, for like there. five years <laughs> after I watched it, you know. 
Um, so yeah, that that would that would have to be my my top pick. I'm sure there's some lesser known ones or something kicking around in the back of my head, but my memory is terrible. I'll probably think of it ten minutes. The, the later. one I actually really do like that's not that old is House of the Devil. Have you seen that one, Rick? House of the Devil? No, I don't oh, think so. It's, okay, so this movie is done in like a '80s style, '80s style genre where they're trying to imitate those like late '70s, early '80s slasher type movies. But mm-hmm. the suspense in the movie is so great. They build it up so well. And it's about a, a girl who's in college and uh, she really wants to get out of her dorm because her roommate is very annoying. So she's looking for a job. She's looking for an apartment. And she takes a babysitting job and everything turns upside down. So a babysitting job turns in, well, it's not a baby. It's our grandmother, but we couldn't get anybody. So we thought it would sound easier. You know, the people that would explain it to her and they were so bizarre they promised her like a huge sum of money and her friends convinced her do not do this and they're just building this up and she's at this huge house in the middle of nowhere the people are strange and then everything comes together in the end and you're like holy crap oh i'm glad you didn't give the ending i'm not gonna give it away do you notice with these films when you're younger they're more horrifying and Mm -hmm. when Mm -hmm. rick was saying they don't age well they're not timeless. Some are. Yeah. Some are. I think there might be a few on my list that might still hold up, possibly. But I, I think to now's uh, the current generation, I think they would laugh. I think what what we get out of it when we watch them again when we're older is something different than what we got out of them when we were younger. Um, I, I will say this, though. Uh, to me, horror movies are... It, even though it seems, even slashers, and even though it seems kind of crazy to say, the monster, the effects and stuff, all of that is usually secondary, right? As long as the monster looks cool. How the people die, you know, the crazy creative deaths or like situations, it's all kind of secondary, you know? It, it. I think there's certain, I guess, criteria a horror movie needs to be good. And I think almost humor is more important. Oh, okay. Um, and a lot of because you know even in the most like let's say Devil's Rejects it might, because any any of those movies in that series are probably the most nihilistic kind of depressing. Yeah. I mean because they're real human beings. You know, there's no voodoo curse or anything making them do what they do. It's it's they're just the complete definition of evil. Yeah. You know, and but yet even those movies at times it might be five seconds here or there, but they'll take the time to to sort of bring levity back to it they'll insert something funny you know there's a little bit of humor there or you know i also think the horror genre is more reverential of previous generations you'll always see nods to previous directors in horror movies you know like horror movie creators have a sense of history for sure Mm -hmm. so i think those types of things to me more so than scaring me more so than giving me like crazy insane death scenes for me to talk about the other kind of stuff to me is more important you know even if it doesn't scare me if if like you take dawn of the dead okay the original which might be my second favorite horror movie ever um nothing about that is scary at all i'm even at the time it came out you know i mean i i don't think anybody was is that the one where the zombies were at the mall Yeah. yeah okay yeah the original one and and yet Almost everybody you talk to, you know, if they've seen it, it hooked them. There was a message there. There was characters there that you had a clear idea of. And and it was more so the situation was scary. Like nobody, nobody wants to be in 
in that type of situation. And yes, it's zombies. It's very <laughs> otherworldly. Like it's never going to. That's never going to happen. But, but unless you're you, on bath salts, yeah. <laughs> but it's that ancient. It taps into a primal human fear of that. That fear of the mob. You know that that fear of being alone. That that fear that all of us have when we have to go against the grain or put out an unpopular opinion even or or live a lifestyle that's different from everybody else's like it it, it's the movie's all about isolation and Mm -hmm. so that to me is way scarier because that can happen the zombies all that the crazy bikers who break in and all these other that's all secondary it's it's really representative of something else Mm -hmm. so that's the kind of stuff that frightens me very well put along the same lines of the humorous horror movies one on my list is the evil dead yeah. yes evil dead has a lot of humor and the spin-offs from the evil dead mm-hmm. the army of darkness yeah. which is still kind of horror i would say on the horror line and mm-hmm. who produces the raimi brothers yeah Was sam raimi right? sam raimi yeah. yeah and yeah they did the xena warrior princess show which i was addicted to back in the 90s oh god yeah hercules too right no hercules those... yeah <laughs> good old kevin sorbo Good classic. <laughs> Along the zombie lines, I have, and I think Steph might have the same one on your list, possibly. 28 look. Days Later? Yes, I like that one a lot. They made zombies scarier because zombies always been slow. Mm-hmm. And then they're like speed, they're running. running at you. Yeah. It's like rage or whatever they called it. I think it was the setting, too, that got me because it was that dark yeah. London streets, desolated, empty. There was something so dark that brought this fear into it mm-hmm. more so than dawn of the dead to me that's just my opinion yeah no, I, I agree i think i think the setting was because i i think it was making different points right um steph you touched on that that zombies have gotten faster you know in in most you know in that movie but that kind of heralded a different type that we really hadn't seen before mm-hmm. unless you look at what was it return of the living dead from the 80s with all the punks hanging out yes oh, yeah. yes yeah but um I hate brains <laughs> acid rain <laughs> but suddenly we were like like every zombie was like usain bolt you know they yeah. they were yep. they were hopped up and crazy and and I, I see i think because when you look at dawn of the dead versus 28 days later society was at two different places too mm-hmm. at that point in time so i think early 2000s or even really today people that like the the slow moving zombies wouldn't scare them like it's not but we're, it's the zombies from 28 Days Later are more reflective, I think, of how much we fear things now. It's no longer like, yes, they're everywhere. They're, they're slowly creeping in all of our fears, whatever it may be. But now it's like they're, they're violent. Just like how in the political sphere and, and everything mm-hmm. going on today, everything is so violent. The knives are out. People are attacking mm-hmm. as hard as they can. I think that's why a lot of zombie movies have it that way now it's it's adrenaline yeah adrenaline yeah i love the walking dead i love all those shows and and my mom would remark oh it's so gross i'm like that's not the point of it it's the background it's like what's happening in their little group and their society that is Mm -hmm. what makes the story and uh it's like something you're relating or you're inserting yourself into it in some way like what would i do if i was in this situation i know one of my favorite zombie movies is also not too old is called dead girl Never heard of it. I came across it. I'm staying at a friend's house by myself and watching cable and it was on. Never seen it. Oh, it it's amazing. It's more like a moral dilemma with these teenagers. It's a good teenager movie. And basically they go into an abandoned hospital that's very old and they're just 
doing teenage stuff and just goofing around and they find a a girl tied to a hospital bed that's just squirming around and acting bizarre and they can't communicate with her and most of the boys want to take advantage of her so there comes a moral dilemma and so they don't know that it's a zombie they just think it's like a, a mentally ill person that's just trapped there it makes you wonder like how did this person get there you don't get these questions answered for you and uh just the whole storyline in it is brilliant it's a very very good movie to watch and, and and kind of frightening too so if anyone wants to check that one out i think it's excellent on my list i have the shining which i'm sure oh yeah yep we all can agree is a classic top 10 horror film mm-hmm now, is that a Stanley Kubrick story, or he ju- did he just direct that? That's a Stephen King story. That Stanley Kubrick, Kubrick. Made, yeah. made into a film. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. very good. I know. That's that's a great film. And just seeing what he put Shelley Duvall through. And she's got mental illness now, oh, yeah. which is very sad. I saw her on, I think, Dr. Phil or Dr. something. Dr. Phil. Yeah. <laughs> she attributed a lot of her anxieties and panic to what Kubrick did to her in the movie. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean... He kind of put her through hell. Yeah, Kubrick was uh, not a very actor-friendly director. He never was. He cared more about shots and framing and and things like that than working. like Kind of like George Lucas, but not the same. Because George Lucas just didn't know how to direct people. Kubrick really just didn't care. Um, And actually, fun fact, Stephen King hated that movie. Yes, he did. And what and but yet he loved. I think it was Langoliers with uh, Bronson Pinchot. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know how that works, it's but very odd. Yeah, he's the reason why we got the Shining remake on ABC with that guy from Wings. It was. Um, <laughs> I remember that was terrible. Oh, oh man, so bad. It, but the original, yeah. Once again, that's more of like yes, I know there's there's ghosts and and ideas of of uh, uh, possession-induced madness and things like that. But, I mean, to me, that's the stuff that right there that I'm talking about that scares me. It's like I'm I'm stuck like 100 miles from civilization in this building with a, a madman with an axe. Yeah. I have to make sure, you know, not only on top of taking care of myself, but I have to look out for a little, like a little kid on top of it. Like <laughs> I just, yeah, that stuff is what puts me on the edge of my seat. That's oh, what makes sure. me freak out. And when will Jack Nicholson never not be scary? I, so, yeah. I don't, I don't think he's scary in everything. Yeah. You can't beat the Kubrick eyebrows. version of that at all. <laughs> no. It, no. Like another Kubrick film was um, Eyes Wide Shut, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's that's a very interesting movie. I didn't like the gratuitous sex type stuff in there. I was able to look past that, and you know, just such a strange movie and frightening in its own way. In its own way, and a lot of people look at that as that was he trying to tell us a message that this is going on? Uh, the other horror movie director, who's the one that I mean to put it this way, but raped the girl, and he went. Roman Polanski? Yeah, he made Rosemary's oh, Baby. Yeah. He made... Uh, that's also like a, a child that supposedly was supposed to be offered to Satan. Yeah. And there's The Ninth Gate, which I think is a fantastic film. That's probably yeah. one of my favorite films. I've seen that so many times and I always enjoy it. Just so interesting. But that's all about people trying to gain power through Satan and opening up this gate. And then 
the ending is really quite interesting how that goes. But yeah, like his uh, Roman Polanski and like his movies are really quite dark too. I think oh, yeah. good. He's kind of disturbing. And was his wife the one that got killed yeah. in the Manson Sharon Tate, which yes. is all just so bizarre. Totally bizarre. Yeah. I mean, I just can't imagine that, you know, he's a horror filmmaker in, in some sorts and his life is like a horror movie. Well, there's a lot of conspiracies wrapped up around Roman Polanski as well. We won't yeah. go into the conspiracies just yet. We'll <laughs> yeah. save that for another show. <laughs> but speaking of The Devil, classic one that I've watched with my nephews and, and nieces when they were kids was The Exorcist. Yes. Yeah. Doesn't hold up for them. <laughs> yeah. I'm going, I'm looking at them for the reactions. They're laughing hysterically, walking around saying the power of Christ compels you <laughs> and joking. <laughs> Oh, and man. I'm just like, wow, that affected me so differently when I was your age. I still haven't gone through the whole movie because it, I, my dad allowed my sister and I to watch it. We begged him. When she got into the point where she's stabbing herself with a crucifix, I walked out. Oh, yeah. I, had, I was like turning beet red because of embarrassment because I had to listen to that in front of my dad. I never heard those things before. And uh, that was enough for me. Uh, it was too scary and too 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 many bad words yeah. as a child. It's true. I mean, I think psychologically it's still horribly frightening. Mm-hmm. But when you actually watch the, the it's the effects that don't hold up. You know, it's the the music is good though. The music is good. Yeah. That always sets the scene and the score for everything. Mm-hmm. As far as setup for the scariest films, I think if you have a really good scary score, yeah, no, that's oh, what yeah. makes. I mean, it, you can make a B movie shine. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, you can. Um, you know, and actually, I had to look up the name. I got it saved here um, because I just thought of it uh, when I got here. Movie I hadn't seen in a long, long time. See, when, when I was growing up, my dad would watch horror movies all the time. And it, so as a young kid in the 80s, when the you know the TV was constantly on TBS, the Superstation, on like Sundays... <laughs> And so, like, you'd see a lot of kind of out of left field, also classic horror movies like Exorcist or mm-hmm. um, Amityville Horror. That's a good one, um, too. You know, like definitely. But one one movie that stuck out to me, um, I haven't seen it in a few years, but and, and by the way, audiences back then and critics hated it. But what I remember of the movie um, and the, you know, the last time I watched it, I was I was probably like 30 was the seventh sign yeah that's yeah. a great me more yep. yeah that one to me the whole end of, you know biblical end of the world thing just the tracking shot you know moving away from her and she's just enveloped in this just nothing yeah this mm-hmm. darkness that to me i, I don't know watching that I, there are certain scenes from that that just are like ingrained on my memory and i'm not a big Demi Moore fan in fact i think that's the only movie i can think of that mm-hmm. I really liked her in. Oh, you didn't like um, G.I. Jane? Come on. I I thought the premise wasn't bad, you know? It's just, just more her acting, but... No, The Seventh... But, that was a great movie, actually. Seventh Seal. I thought that was good, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was... It definitely had that darkness to it that, that haunted you. It haunted you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it just... I don't know. I remember being a young, impressionable kid. I was probably, like, maybe seven when I first saw it. Forget the age of the movie, so I might be off by a year or two. But um, I I don't know. That was that was something that stuck with me for quite a while. After that, I'm sure. Once again, though, I was talking about how they age. I'm, maybe if I go back and watch it now, 
Who knows? But yeah, that might be cheese ball. There's a lot of movies that frightened me so bad as a child, like The Howling. It's really a cheese oh, ball yeah. movie. Oh, yeah. I think you even mentioned Chud. Chud was scared oh, me. Invasion, God. invasion of the body snatchers. That seemed yeah. to be on TV a lot for it some did. reason, and I'm like, it was be like on every Sunday, and I would be so frightened of that movie. And now I went back to look at the trailers. I was like, wow, they're bad, yeah. <laughs> but I yeah. still enjoy them. What did Chud stand for? Cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. That's yeah. it. It was radiation <laughs> yeah. that the government, or at least the local government, was trying to cover up. That people were turning into mutants. <laughs> oh, man. Or Night of the Creeps. Oh, That's yeah. another one in that sort of same vein that... Didn't they... I don't know if Slither was like a remake or a sort of unofficial sequel. Do you guys remember that? It came out in like 2006. I heard of that one. I, I heard of it. I've never something. seen Slither. Um, but it's with... Uh, oh, Firefly. Like, the guy who played the captain in that. Do you remember that sci-fi show? No. I, uh, I've heard of it, but yeah, I didn't... Gosh. I've watched a lot of TV and movies, and then I go through long periods of time of not watching anything in a long time, except every year when The Walking Dead comes out, I usually get that. Yeah. And and I think this year might be their final... Is this their final year, or are they going to keep it going? I have no idea. We're going to be 80, and they're still going to be The Walking Dead. They've got spinoffs upon upon spinoffs, and it's it's really ridiculous. I did like last season, though. They really... Yeah. They really Americanized it, turned it into this massive franchise oh yeah it's gone too far fear the walking dead the first season i gave the first season a shot and if anyone here is a fan i'm sorry i don't mean to be rude but (laughs) i fell asleep during every single episode of that first season and then i just gave up i I just (laughs) thought it was so it's it suffers from a lot of things that i think a lot of movies today are which i think it also is consequently is hurting horror films is that there's no like peaks and valleys of emotion mm-hmm. in that show. It's just one long massive meh. I like, totally agree. It it and in that type of writing, I don't know. I think it's pretty prevalent in a lot of movies and TV shows mm-hmm. today. But but yeah, it's sad. It's sad because I thought they had a good concept for a TV show. They adapted a great comic and. They kind of overexposed it. But the original one, yeah, still, I know it has its critics, but I get drawn into it, too. Like, mm-hmm. the it's, people are... It's a soap are... opera, basically. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. I mean, it's just... A horror soap opera. Yeah, a horror soap opera. And you get invested in what's going on in their life. And all the the characters I really liked are, are gone. Yeah. But then I like some of the new ones, too. Oddly, I didn't think I would. Yeah. I got yeah. some scare mail. Okay. I'd like to read. This is from Jason in Queens. Thank you, Jason. He would like to add that The Thing, seeing it's awesome and a oh, benchmark for practical yeah. effects. He also wanted to add the, the Entity. He said that scared the shit out of him when he was a kid. And Prince of Darkness, and it's an underrated horror movie. He also mentioned The Ring or Ringu. Oh, the yeah. Ring. Yeah. yeah. I have a story about seeing The Ring. And and by the way, those are some great picks, buddy. Yeah. Um, Thank you, Jason. Uh, yeah, The Thing. Uh, yeah, if we're going to get into the realm of sci-fi horror, The Thing is something that still, I, th- I think, holds up all the day and scares the ever-living crap out of me. But um, that scene when it breaks out of the one guy with the two guys chained to the bench and the other one's trying to get away, and that still, I can't watch that. But uh, The Ring, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I can tell it if you guys want to hear it. It's like a two-second story. Yeah, but... go ahead. Me and some friends, when The Ring came out in theaters, went to go see it. And one of my friends, he he lives on one of the Indian reservations around here. 
And so coming home, we saw, we caught a really late showing. I was on the reservation dropping them off at like, gosh, it was probably almost one o'clock in the morning. And there's a lot of stories that, that float around about that place. But uh, at the time, I didn't know a whole lot about that. And so I dropped my friend off and he's getting out of my car and he just kind of peers back in and he's just like, stick to the road you came in on. And I didn't really know what that meant. I don't know if he was, at the time I was like, is he afraid of me getting lost? Like what? And so I go back the way I came, which is kind of the long way to where I had to go afterwards. But, you know, I'm doing it. And there's on one side of me, big open field, another side, complete forest. And my car just shut off. Mm. And, you know, this is the reservation, guys, okay? I mean, it's a lot different there. There's no street lights. There's no nothing. You don't... No. It, it, it's totally different place. No and, law. <laughs> yeah, no law. Um, I mean, I mean, I was pretty friendly with a lot of the locals, so I wasn't too worried about anybody messing with me or anything. But I, I was kind of worried, like, you know, young kid, broken down. I got two friends who are all antsy in the back wanting to go home. And my piece of crap car dies. And at the time, I thought it was just the car. But I turn the key back, turn it back again, and the lights turn on, but the engine doesn't even try to turn over. I don't even know how that happens. You know when you're, you're you know... Batteries. That batteries dead. Like, you should yeah. have some ticking noise. If yeah, you, yeah you not, none of that whatsoever. Yeah. And the radio was off because we were talking, and the radio by itself came on. And... There was no station. It was all like staticky, but certain words came through like get out. Oh, you know, all wow. of these things. And we're sitting there and I have one friend. At the, I'm a bit different now. I'm I'm kind of uh, less skeptical of that stuff now. But back then I was fairly skeptical and I kept trying to say everything was going to be OK. You know, we're fine. We're only like a half mile from my friend's place that we just dropped off. Worst comes to worst. We just walk back. But he, he's refusing to get out of the car. He's freaking out. I pop the hood. Everything's fine. Can't see anything wrong. Uh, so I shut the hood again, and I was going to get back in the car to figure out what we were going to do. And I sat down, and I put my hands on the steering wheel, and all the lights turned back on again. Wow. And so I started it up. Everything worked fine. We drove out of there. But it was right after seeing the ring. It's like the, <laughs> the worst possible time you know you'd want to experience something like that but i'll never forget that it was it was just strange but i will add a caveat to that this is this same car also blew up oh, at okay. one point <laughs> so it you know cavalier it, yeah it, <laughs> it is it, or no uh, okay. but it was it was like the plymouth knockoff of it i forget what they're called but um <laughs> but yeah it, it basically looked like one and uh yeah but it it was, you know, so I don't know what it was, but after The Ring, that movie, I mean, we were all on edge after that happened. And then, you know, you go to the middle of nowhere and the middle of the night and that happens. Yeah, that's I had a similar experience after watching Silence of the Lambs. Now, I was kind of young when that came out. Do you know what year that was? It was in the probably, 90s. I thought it was in the 90s. Was late 80s. I don't know. Maybe it was early 90s. Early 90s. Okay. Yeah. But I was probably just a young teenager anyways. My mom wanted to see it and my sister also. So we went to the mall, but the showing, you know, it was hard to get a showing. Not that anything bad happened to us, but it put us in a a scared frame of mind after seeing it. 
Mm-hmm. I've never seen a movie like that before where there was like a serial killer that was really demented. Two serial killers, really, with the guy in jail or whatever talking to Clarice. And then you got the weirdo <laughs> making a, a someone's skin suit or whatever. It falls yeah. under psychological horror. Yeah. I definitely... <laughs> yeah, that movie won awards. That yeah. was like the first time that that type of movie had won, I think, uh, Oscars or whatever. So after we see it, we're the only ones left there. And we had to go down into the car garage in the basement. <laughs> you were worried about Hannibal Lecter getting Well, you? we see our car way off in the distance. No one's down there except a guy with a van. Of course, that's in the movie, right? The guy oh, with the Oh, God. yeah. That's the girl. Buffalo yeah. And my mom lost her mind. She's like, run! And we all, <laughs> we all ran to the van. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, that's based on car. a true story. Yes, it's like Buffalo. No, that was yeah. part of. Is it Buffalo Bill? Yeah, or Buffalo that was Bill. real. Yeah, that was all based off of a true. true yeah, story. there was a book written about it as well, relating to what Rick was saying in regards to his car. Kind of had some alien vibes to it too, just because usually a lot of the UFO stories when people's cars yeah, won't turn over yeah. and then the radios go on, which leads me to another one of my picks is alien movies and horror movies, sci-fi, but it can go there. And I know, mm-hmm. Steph, I think you had Alien, the original Alien, on your list. Ooh. Yes, I, I love Alien. And I have Prometheus on my list. I love Prometheus, oh, too. I never okay. thought of that, yeah. but yeah, that's a great... I think that's like a true sci-fi type horror. movie. It's so Sci-fi good. horror, because, yeah. you know, yeah. the, the gravity of the situation and the, they're our makers, yeah. you know? Yeah. No, that's... Yeah, no, I thought Prometheus had some really awesome concepts in it. Fire in the Sky, if we're going to talk about that, too. Oh, yeah, that's yes. a great one. That Wait, one. Did I forget that one, because that yeah. one scared me to death as a teenager, I guess. Yeah. That one frightened me so bad, I couldn't get over some of the scenes in there, I have oh, to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was too much for me to handle, but then when you hear the real story, it kind of wasn't like that at all. No, no, it was no. totally taken out. I think they, well, they do that, though, mostly. You know, we yeah, have, they have adaptations, yeah. and they, they've got to make it exciting. Yeah. Communion. Communion. That actually, at the oh, time, I don't think I've seen that. It was one. a little frightening to me, but that looking was back, I don't think it holds up now. No, but Christopher Walken is just a weird looking dude. <laughs> and, and Communion again was supposedly based off of Whitley Strieber's yes. true story again, yes. which makes that more frightening. I never, if you want to laugh, I never knew what aliens looked like until the communion came out because my dad had the book and he hid it in his drawer and I was always like going through his drawers as a kid trying to find cool things or whatever when I open up that drawer and I see this great alien with I've never seen anything like that (laughs) I literally close the door and scream it's a classic alien too in my point of view if before that if someone asked me what does the alien look like I'm like kind of blobby and chubby with like tentacles. <laughs> that was that's my imagination at the time. Like I remember having to sneak downstairs in the middle of the night so I could watch a horror movie. So we used to set up this every Friday night. It was Friday night fright night at our local TV station, and they would play the old classics like Phantom of the Opera and things like that. I couldn't even look at the Phantom of the Opera's face as a child. So when that would pop up, I'd have to close my eyes. That really did frighten me. But when I'd have to sneak downstairs. And it was pitch black. My mind would go to aliens for some reason. This is before communion. This is the original alien or? This is pre before I knew what aliens looked like. Oh, okay. This is the blobby alien. So my imagination went, (laughs) would get ahead of me and I could picture, okay, I have to get down this hallway. And I would picture in my mind like these like blobs with like tentacles. And I was like, I got to get past them. (laughs) 
<laughs> and now it's like it's all altered now because of that book. That's not what aliens look like, no. I guess. I always imagine them smelling like cinnamon, putrid cinnamon. And I don't know where that came from. You know, now that you say that, I, it's like, yeah, I can totally see that for some reason. Or like formaldehyde or something yeah. strange like that. Something mm-hmm. antiseptic almost. Or I agree. It's, yeah, I, yeah, wow. That's a good observation. <laughs> like, like, it's weird how your brain makes those little connections. A great sort of sci-fi horror movie. Also, you could call it a body horror movie, I think, is is the movie Virus with Donald Sutherland okay. and Jamie Lee Curtis and one of the Baldwin brothers. One of the less famous Baldwin brothers. William Baldwin. Billy Baldwin's in okay. it. That's right. I don't know if anybody out there has seen that. I don't think I have. I've, a, I've seen quite a few. I, I remember that one. They're all like... Is he like a laboratory guy? Sutherland? Donald Sutherland? Well, he... He's like a captain of a, a tugboat, and they find this uh, oh, military I, ship. Okay, it must have been another movie he was in that I, I saw him in a lab coat. <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> he'll always stick together. him in some sort of outfit like that. <laughs> yeah, but this tugboat group basically finds this military ship, and this computer virus has sort of spread to all the electronics on board. There's a lot of like robotic things on board and it starts to kill people for their body parts and it starts to meld the two together. Hmm. And it's, I think in terms of special effects, it was way ahead of its time, but it's something that Elon Musk would have a field day with if uh, he hasn't seen it before. I have never seen that movie. I think it's got to go on my list. What's the name of it again? Uh, Virus came out in like 99, I think, and it was a massive flop. I didn't even know it it existed until I caught it on the sci-fi channel, I think in like 2005, you know, like years later. Really flew under the radar, but I I highly recommend to anyone out there, I'm not saying it's going to be great performances or <laughs> blow your mind yeah it's not like the plot's anything special but not many horror movies do though blow your mind pet cemetery i have that on my oh list oh my god yes I, that movie oh especially when the little kid the little kid gauge. The, yeah gauge and the, oh my gosh just like that had elements of everything it was so sad and when he came back he was bad i mean yeah. it was so frightening in many ways well there was lessons to that when you start dabbling in things and mm-hmm. you're, you're looking for a certain outcome. Yeah. The supernatural has a way of turning that around. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like magic. You have to sacrifice to get what you want and yeah. you don't necessarily even get what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or necessarily know what you're sacrificing either. Exactly. And yeah, no, that that's another one that sticks with you for sure. Now, yeah. that was a wasn't that a Stephen King? Mm-hmm. Now, was Children of the Corn a Stephen King? Because yep. that's on my list, too. That's a good one. Yeah. Children of the Corn. I was, again, scared of cornfields after that. <laughs> I mean, even the Halloween corn mazes were I just, nope, nope. Yeah, that, uh, I don't know if I was afraid of cornfields because of that. I mean, a little creeped out. That one, but the things that grossed me out in that movie were like, there was a scene where someone's like finger got cut off with a meat slicer or something that freaked the hell out of me as a kid seeing that. There was a sequel to that too. I thought was pretty I think good. There yeah, was, yeah, yeah. There was, and and uh, that one in, in Village of the Damned yeah. scared mm-hmm. me for the same reason. Yeah, kids are scary. They are. Yeah. Kids are scary. Kids are nuts. <laughs> Chucky, little Chucky doll, is not. <laughs> Children, even though they're like, even if they're the same size, they're creepy. Yeah, they are. Children, ghosts are creepy. Anything involved with the children is creepy. Yeah, 
Yeah. I thought also Freddy Krueger movies. What are those called? Nightmare on Elm Street. Street. The original one's great. They're all funny. They have that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of humor in that with of coming from obviously Freddy Krueger. Right. <laughs> but there's the funnest thing I ever went to, and I had a blast. Was the 3D one? I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay. I think it was the number three. Was it the number yeah, three I think it was movie? The third and they movie. did it in three D. Yeah. And oh my gosh, I think myself, my sister, we all went to go. It was huge lines to get into the the movie theater, and it was probably one of the funnest things I ever went to. Wow, I don't think I've ever seen any horror movie in three D unless you consider like Godzilla versus King the original. Kong. Definitely a horror movie. Okay. Yeah. No. No. The original. Yeah. Um, that was what they were going for. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I, I think, I think in a way it is. I mean, I would count it. Okay. I would mm-hmm. count it. Um, different kind of horror, but. <laughs> <laughs> Great fun, hor- fun, I think. Now, yeah. a super psychological movie that really frightened me as an adult. It was kind of recent. It was called The Strangers with Liv Ta- Taylor. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Or Tyler. Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler. Yeah. yeah. That that one, yeah, definitely. Never heard of that one. That's a great pick. You got to see that one. (laughs) That one, that one will make you afraid. (laughs) Afraid of. Uh, One of the other movies that now we were talking about the Exorcism earlier, the Exorcism of of Emily Rose. Oh yeah. When I first watched that, I honestly slept with the holy water next to me for two (laughs) weeks. Yeah. And now I can watch that and I feel okay. But there were certain parts of that movie that was a big revelation to me because I had issues with waking up at 3 a.m. for years. And I would wake up at 3 a.m. with severe anxiety. It would be like what would wake me up would be my heart pounding. And then when they put that in the the movie, well, guess what? (laughs) Now I'm terrified at night. And I thought, what the hell is going on with me? Why am I waking up at 3 a.m.? And I never heard of that being like, the the devil's hour so that that movie scared me a lot i really took a long time psychologically (laughs) to to feel like i could sleep at night without thinking about it i think anything with the devil i believe you have the right on your list yes and the right i read the book beforehand i was all excited about reading it i think they did a great job because it really is accurate with a lot of the stories that was based off of the exorcist the person that wrote it interviewed the exorcist and there's a lot of references of people from the book that are in the movie. The only issue I had with the movie is the end is too theatrical. It's just so overdone. And oh, it, well, yeah. They, and it ruined again, it. Again, they have to blow it up. It's, it's the Hollywood. But I thought the, the whole movie as a story was great. And Anthony Hopkins, of course. Yeah, that movie didn't frighten me, though. I enjoyed, well, I had, a, uh, had elements. Yeah. But I think, I, I think Exorcism of Emily Rose, I don't know. To me, that was like the one thing that scared me. So when I saw that one not too long after that, I think I kind of got over it and that type of thing didn't scare me so much. Plus I read the book and it kind of prepared me a little bit. So maybe that's why. Exorcism of Emily Rose is based off of Annalise Michelle, who was a person that they weren't really sure if she was possessed or mentally ill. But I'm telling you, if you go online, you can listen to the actual audio of her. And it's so frightening I've never heard anything like that. I don't know if I've ever heard it. There's a few crazy people in my neighborhood. Uh, nothing like this. This yeah. is incredibly scary. And Annalise Michelle's life was so sad. And she was such a victim of whatever was happening that the word pity isn't enough that I had for her. It was just like, you look at a picture of her, her eyes are so dark. Underneath her eyes, you know, like the, the, the dark rings that a lot of people get. These were beyond. They were just, they looked like they were two inches 
long and wide and just so dark and she suffered greatly so when when i saw that was based off of her the real story is to me much more frightening than the actual film another on my list is i don't know if it would be considered slashers i believe it's in the 70s it's called last house on the left oh yeah i've heard of that one i don't think i've seen that that was a frightening movie i feel like that still might hold up what's the story behind that uh, Last House on the Left was a, basically a house. It was a family that lived in a house, kind of in a cul-de-sac type of deal. Yeah, and way out in the middle of nowhere. Way out. And you had your basic psychopaths come in yeah. and just murder. Yeah. But again, it, it had a lot of elements that that movie, The Strangers, I was speaking about. It kind of mm-hmm. had these elements of just living in a home and just feeling not safe or feeling someone else is in control of Mm -hmm. the situation yeah it's kind of like a softer version of i spit on your grave right okay in a certain respect yeah like it's yeah that one is a classic i even enjoyed the remake that came out not that long ago i thought i thought that was good i thought they they stuck to the original movie fairly Mm -hmm. well you know just just kind of gave it an update it was pretty decent we were talking about christopher walken earlier and and once again, not the greatest movie ever or anything, but one that I still go back and watch, and it's not particularly scary, is the movie uh, The Prophecy. Now, if you go back and watch it now, it definitely suffers from a bad case of the 90s. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, there's something... Uh, basically, Walken plays the angel Gabriel, and he's tired of the battle between heaven and hell. He really wants Judgment Day to come. He He's just this old broken down soldier who has he's done fighting for humanity he's done with this he can't take it anymore doesn't see the point and so he decides to make armageddon happen and he does this by finding the most evil soul on earth which happens to be in arizona i don't want to give too many reasons why but the the (laughs) The body it can, that contained it had just passed away, right? And so if he possesses this, it's almost like possessing a nuclear warhead. Viggo Mortensen plays Satan. Mm-hmm. And it is the scariest... And he's only on the screen for like three minutes. But it is the scariest version, and in my opinion, the most realistic version of Satan that I mm-hmm. have ever seen. What he says, what he does. He's part super mad genius, part animal in this i mean he's that one i think that one is it's just it, the only to, time i'm scared is when i see him on the screen as satan and he's not even really doing anything but, i'd have to revisit that movie but i yeah i do slightly recall that can you wrap your head around the fact that he said vigo mortensen was was the scariest devil satan <laughs> when you've got el pacino yeah <laughs> I know. Hey, if we're comparing who's a better actor, that's a different story. But, but I mean, it's just I. I think maybe Mortensen, because uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's he's a Catholic, and I think he really used his knowledge. His knowledge, yeah his his religion to, because it's. I don't know. It's something to see. Yeah, I'm sure you could just if you just want to see what I'm talking about when it comes to that. I'm sure you could just pull up the clip of his one scene in the movie from YouTube. But but yeah, uh, Gabriel's gone rogue, and it's kind of you know as a as a Catholic looking back on it now, I'm like, yeah, this is kind of whatever. But but at the same time, it's just Walken's performance and Mortensen's performance. I'll, I'll go back and watch it for that because. 
Walken will always do really great performances in movies he does not care about. Yeah. And it, and <laughs> and minus the Deer Hunter, any really great movies in, I, I don't know, but I tend to find his performance is kind of like, oh, yeah, he was there. Yeah. You know, it's kind of odd. But then you watch something that went straight to DVD and was made for $50,000 and he just happens to be in it. Yeah. And, and it's like, wow, he is really giving it here like i don't know he's weird like that true romance he was great in that one yeah absolutely and that was a that was a bomb wasn't it yeah Yeah. and but that was that was a great movie oh man true romance i haven't thought about that i I gotta go back and watch me too now let's talk about poltergeist one and two two was my favorite I'm just trying to remember because I there's three. Is there three? I think mm-hmm. there is. Yeah. I, I think two. The reason it scared me is you had that reverend that God the is tall in man. the holy temple. Peace on earth is what he'll bring. Is that the tall man <laughs> character that's following her around? Yes. Okay. And he's like, "Come with me, little child." You know? Yeah. Yeah. That is a scary one. I that's the scary. One. He but drinks the tequila. You know, he gets the worm. He pukes it up, and it's the guy. It's the the preacher. <laughs> that's guy. right. Yes. I remember that now. Which one was it with the the little southern lady? Because she's in a few of them. Which one is it where she just like falls over and turns to like dirt? Like, oh, that might be one of the maybe, maybe the, third. the third. I think so. But wasn't she? Art? When did the the girl end up dying? In, in real, real life? life? Yeah. After the third one, right? Yeah, after the third one. Yeah. yeah. There think... was a bad, wasn't there like a bad juju with that movie? Yes. Yeah. Yes, there across was. the whole thing. Gosh, you guys keep touching on movies that are making all my conspiracy theorists like That's okay. <laughs> notions like go crazy, <laughs> but 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 that that is that is another one um where yeah, she she uh if you ever read about her life, her life was a horror movie. Yeah. yeah. It was terrible. Yeah. yeah. It's not i mean i'll let the listeners you can look, look that you up can, for yeah, you can look into it. i mean the girl yeah. that played the older sister in the first one died wasn't she murdered she was murdered oh i, didn't I know think that. so yeah and then there was just bad things that was happening to the cast and during filming yeah. and same thing with um the omen a lot of people yeah. died doing the omen they had very terrible things and that was based off of uh it was supposed to be the antichrist right the child yeah that movie really creeped me out. I even think that when they redid the that movie, I don't know if anyone saw the redo. I think I did. Was done really well. I don't think I saw the redo. The redo is really good. It's basically the the same story. They didn't really just updated. Yeah, just updated. But yeah, the Omen freaked me out a lot. The whole idea, especially with the Rottweilers showing up in the cemetery and that there's they're being chased by Rottweilers or. So there's just some frightening scenes in there, <laughs> you know, and the whole idea that the child, I think the, at the end, the child kind of looks back cause he's at the funeral of his father or someone. And the president came, I think the president of the United States or I don't know. It was just don't weird. give away the whole movie. I know, but Seth. he like I mean, gives this I know like it's weird from 1970, look. but yeah. many people have not seen this movie yet. <laughs> it's all for you, Damien. <laughs> Has anyone yeah. seen the witch? Oh, the witch? Yes. No. I've been meaning to see that. I haven't, I haven't it's... seen it yet though. Oh, I thought, I thought was... the acting is crazy good in there. What about the backdrops and the New England setting and oh, the darkness yeah. and the farm? All of it is done really well. But that one disturbing scene that everybody knows, I'm not going to say it, is just like a stomach turner. I was just like, whoa, it's creepy. And I thought it would be more creepier. I thought that, it was more end. creepier. I thought that was like one of the scariest witch movies I've ever seen. Yeah, no, that's scary. It's It was good. It was good. But it was disturbing. And it made me feel like, I don't know if I could see that again. 
Now, wasn't it like Summerland, Summerland, Summerland? Uh, oh, um, Somer, Somerland, or something like that. Yeah, it? Summerland. Um, same maker as the witch, or same producer. Yeah, director. Ari, something. He also did Hereditary, right? Yeah. Which I'm sorry, uh, that is that is one movie I don't even like talking about. It's that bad. It was scary. I mean, yeah. isn't scary. It's not like Cannibal Holocaust where it's like, I will never ever view this again because it's like watching humans get murdered. It's not like visually, well it is visually, but not like uh, uh, visceral. It's not like that, but it's listen, the, what goes on in that, I, I had to turn it off because... It was disturbing. Really? I, well, well, I mean, you is know... Is it a girl or a boy that plays the the character? hereditary well that's the thing they make in the previews they make you think it's all about this girl it's not and i don't want to give away why because it's still a fairly new movie so i'm sure a lot of people out there haven't seen it yeah i'll have to um, watch it i guess but it's i don't i don't recommend it really honestly <laughs> like like me and you being spiritual people i was, was watching it and i went i thought this was going to be just a whatever horror movie and mm-hmm. it's like this took a hard turn and what they're doing on there is ceremonies that i know for a fact they took like real life like some of it yeah it it is and it's like i don't like that on my tv uh so yeah yeah. i think these things are modeled and based off of real things and it was completely disturbing he's right there were scenes in there that were just like they made my skin crawl like i remember Mm -hmm. feeling it come right up the back of my neck like and tony collette was amazing in that it was it was just so well done yeah Mm -hmm. um when she floats up into yeah. the, that was when i went okay <laughs> this what, is not what i thought i mean I, even oh, before that i was already kind of saying that but mm-hmm. when i saw that i went oh i think that's when right. i said oh all right that's yeah that was the part that i was like this has shifted <laughs> yeah due no. to my life experiences though knowing what i know about let's just say the group of people portrayed in that and and you know uh, i just I even don't like saying this much, but still, uh, watching that, I went. This guy, let's just say he knows what he's talking about. The director, and it's n- not necessarily a thing. I mean, yes, does it make for something really frightening? Yes, but should you be putting that in there? No, you definitely should not. They cross the line. Is what um, you're yeah, I mean, but listen, if if its goal was to make me freak out well it achieved its goal you know yeah. she's right tony yeah. collette's a great actress and yeah. she was she was great in there it's just uh yeah that one wow i don't um, have to watch i haven't <laughs> seen that i've heard of it it's it's a worthy watch for sure i'm getting right down on my uh, list here i i revisited recently uh, a movie called the changeling from the 1980s with george c scott i i, I remember hearing do. hearing it i'd have to probably watch the trailer to see if i watched it or not because it's not ringing a bell that i've seen it but i could have again it's it's um you know it was done in the 80s so you watch it nowadays and you're kind of like but the premise of the movie was great and the actual it was it it was about a well i don't want to give the movie away the changeling it has a nice twist to it but what i found fascinating about that was when i revisited it I noticed that there was EVP in it, and that's kind of a rare thing. You know, I, I remember Stir of Echoes. Was that was it Stir of Echoes? or Kevin Bacon? Frequency. Maybe it was Frequency. Oh, with Michael Keaton? I'm thinking of one. I feel like Kevin Bacon did one where he communicated with the dead. Yeah, that was Stir of Echoes. Okay, Stir yeah. of Echoes. I was right Yeah, on. definitely. Yeah. Okay. So I hadn't really see, never remembered that, but there's a point where he's recording on a reel-to-reel. 
you know, the old reel to reels, and he's picking up this little kid's ghost voice so oh, clear wow. into it, and it just was like, ooh, that held up for me. But the the movie itself, just you know, the effects and some of the acting was really over the top, but it was still fun, and it was it's so rare. It'd be a good one for people to check out if, mm. they, if they've never seen it. Yeah, I think uh, I think one that I would bring up. It came out in I think like two thousand four, and pretty sure it was a Japanese movie, but it's called Koma K O M A. Once again, it's it, I think people would th- throw it into the suspense sort of category, but really, it's it's about this one young girl. She actually lives through that old urban myth where you know waking up in a bathtub full of ice with your kidney taken oh Um, yeah and she needs a replacement uh her other kidney isn't doing so good i could be getting a couple of these things wrong and i apologize small details but but um she has to get a new kidney and she selects someone who from afar this other girl that she hates because she has this terrible conception about her and it's a complete misconception. She thinks she's like this fake, awful person to try to make herself feel better about having to set her up and have her kidney taken. There's this whole reason behind it. Not only that she's sick, but I mean, she owes people money, like the whole thing. So she spends all this time trying to be this girl's friend and befriends her and still gets to learn how, like what this girl's really all about, that she's she's not a bad person, goes through with it anyway and it it turns into this whole conflict between the two and not to give away the ending fully but the girl who was gonna who was responsible for all this uh she gets what she wanted and realizes uh just kind of like you were talking about with the magic thing before where it's like maybe it would have been better to just yeah you know not go through with any of this it's like yeah maybe you're alive but Look what you've wrought, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. And uh, so that one to me, I, I don't. Uh, man, the the conflict at the end between these two women, like I'm just like, yeah, get her, <laughs> like yeah, you know. And and then it, still though, there's even the villain. You're like, you do kind of feel bad because you learn things about her that she's not completely terrible either. And you do want her to live. You don't want anybody to die, but you're just like, Ugh, you yeah. know. It's it's a great movie though. It's really really good. One last one for me. I think vampire films have been so overdone that they're hard to like. I agree. But the best one I ever saw was a Swedish film called Let the Right One In. Yes, the original. The original. The American one is not good. I agree. It's not bad, but it just, the original one is fantastic. Did you say that you saw that, Rick? Mm -hmm. Oh, I thought that was done so well. And what was interesting to me is that you see this poor kid is making a bond with this young girl that he thinks is normal but she's really just using a manipulation game because in the beginning she's got this old guy that's taking care of her you think it's her grandfather or something don't give it away yeah i won't give it away <laughs> but it's all a manipulation and and you really you, you have to watch it carefully because you think that they're becoming friends because you see these real acts of bonding that friends would do and she's not doing anything she's always trying to please him but at the same time everything is aimed towards her goal or his goal i should say or was it a boy or a girl i think it's switched for each film yeah Yeah. so um in the end you know it seals the deal with this boy because the vampire saves his life but when you realize that his life is saved and you have to watch that to see what happens it's really brilliant what was done in the film and it's it's quite intense 
And the way but, it was filmed was cool. Oh, it was great. It, it had I liked this the, darkness to yes. it. it was and like, a slow go to the movie, too. It's not like this fast-paced thing. Yeah. yeah. But you realize that even ultimately at the end, you know, he's log- he really loves this girl. And she saves him. But it's all for her selfish purposes. And you'll see it. But you think it's it, it comes off as so good, like such a good friendship. You have to have a really good eye to see that it's all manipulation. Then, the, you know, the movie ends after that. But... That's probably my favorite vampire movie at this point. I would know? have to agree with that. Wow, that's a good one. I would have to say, uh, if we're getting to- down towards the end, the the only other one I can think of, and I once again, I just saw this recently, but it was a 2011 film. with It was actually Rick Mayall's last movie before he died. It was called uh, One by One. Never and, heard of uh, either. Well, I'm not surprised because... <laughs> Once again, tying into sort of my conspiracy theorist sort of mindset, but the movie is about a group of friends in London. Uh, this one girl of the group, she's kind of the newcomer. They expose her to the plans of the New World Order. And they're like, yeah, this is, they are going to kill all of us. Like, that is going to happen. It's in the near future. And the whole movie, and listen, the movie was made for under $25,000 because nobody would fund it. Uh, Rick Mayall actually did it for free, and he was a big proponent of the movie before it came out, and then he inexplicably has a heart attack. But it comes out, and they won't release it on DVD in in large numbers. I had to order mine from the UK. It's a British movie, and luckily it was region-free. I was afraid it wouldn't play, but, but at the end, it starts to happen, and that is it. There is nowhere to go. You are just sitting in your house, your shop, whatever, and you're just awaiting your death. So that's frightening, too. Yeah. My um, last one on my list, my absolute last one. It's so... (laughs) Guys, this is a made-for-TV film. I believe it was, like, on one of the major networks back in the 80s. And it was called Dark Night of the Scarecrow. You can find it on YouTube and watch it for free. Terribly wonderful. It was horrifying (laughs) as a child, but basically the premise is there is a uh, man that's trying to get away from the the law or the villagers or whatever the case may be. I believe it was a farm setting. And so he slipped up into a scarecrow to try to hide from being caught and they shoot him inside the scarecrow and he inhabits the scarecrow and comes back to take his vengeance. But there were certain scenes, and it definitely doesn't hold up. But if you want to watch something that's going to make you laugh, along the lines of troll, trolls and trolls. Oh too, boy! I would definitely. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know if it's as classic as troll. <laughs> but well, he doesn't sing "Groove on Down the Road" or anything. <laughs> no. <laughs> what was the name of it again? Dark Night of the Scarecrow. I'm gonna have to check that out. That, yeah, that sounds. That sounds. Terra Awesome. It's Terra Awesome, and it's free, <laughs> and you can watch it on YouTube, guys, right now. So is there any anything else before we start wrapping, guys? Anything? No. Now I feel like I have to watch some more movies if I can fit Yeah. Um, I've, I've heard some great movies come up that I either haven't seen in a while or haven't seen at all. So, yeah, that's great. I'll maybe look some of them up and get a, get a more yeah. well-rounded horror education. We have to prepare for... Halloween. Yeah. I always do that. Watch horror movies before Halloween. That's why we're dropping yeah. this episode. <laughs> it's Halloween, guys, and you, you need to catch up on your horror films from the 1970s and up. Does uh, anybody have any Halloween movie like traditions? Like, 
I think for me, seasons always bring along like movies I gotta watch at that point in time. Like like this time of year, I have to watch Ghostbusters. I have to watch mm-hmm. The Great Pumpkin. Charlie oh Brown. yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah, I think that that was always the you know the Charlie Brown one. I don't know. I just find I just find a random one. I don't really have any traditions that I have to whatever watch. pops up, whatever pops along up. the way. And I yeah, and especially ones I haven't seen you know just to get a new thrill about something. But I like it when they are more Halloween based type of horror movies which are fun what was the one that it was a nine i think it was no it was a late 80s hocus pocus oh no hocus pocus. oh that was 93 that's a, right? that's a really good i love actually i used to watch hocus pocus love that movie before before halloween for that one but there was one oh gosh it was little kids and there was monsters in it they summoned like oh monster squad monster squad yeah <laughs> monster squad was awesome yeah good one <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Near Dark. I'm sorry. I meant to say that one. Did you guys ever see Near Dark with no. Bill Paxton? Oh, I've another classic it. 80s vampire movie, even though they never say they're vampires. I think actually your your brother, uh, Brian, has it, Steph. Oh, okay. I'll yeah. ask if I can watch it with him. Yeah, highly recommend that one. Well, anything Bill Paxton you should watch. Oh, I love Bill Paxton. <laughs> May he rest in peace. Yep. <laughs> do you guys mind if I do a quick plug? Before no. we close, okay. For the listeners, just want to let you know right now, between October fifth and the twelfth, if you have a Kindle, you can download my book called "Look Up: The Journey of a Soul Satellite" for ninety nine cents. It's a countdown deal on Kindle, from today to the twelfth, and it's got a little actual real life paranormal stories uh, mixed with the ITC research that I do. So, if you're into a little bit hairy things, a uh, little frightening. There, there is that, but there's also a lot of spiritual growth and development as well in there. So, again, ninety nine cents, Kindle deal, October fifth through the twelfth. Well, that's it, guys. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Rick. Oh yeah, no, it was a pleasure. It was great. We love having you. Yeah, I looked forward to this uh, for a while. I did too. And, <laughs> oh, thanks. Uh, we definitely, definitely are having you back. Oh, awesome. And, okay. Uh, we just want to thank the listeners. I'm back. And I'm Steph. And don't forget to floss. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, guys. To the spirit podcast. Supernatural science. I'm ghost. Psychic. Mystic. Spirit. Divine source. Heaven. The dead. It's magic.